He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. My guest today on All Business is a leader and influencer in the industry of points, miles, and travel, who's often referred to as the points guy. He has been a passionate traveler since childhood and in 2011 left his job on Wall Street to travel the world full time. For the last few years, he's been sharing his advice on how to save money and travel more with his audience of over 2 million. Please welcome the point guy himself, Brian Kelly. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Hey, first question I've got to ask you is how the heck did you become the points guy? You know, I came, I became the points guy in uh, 2010. I started a blog just for, you know, my friends and family sharing my tips uh, on how I travel around the world. And it kind of just took off from there. And uh, now even my mom calls me TPG, which is kind of funny. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You know, once I, the Forbes magazine once called me the celebrity CMO and my corporate guys were all scared to death that I was, I got called that and I'm going, Hey man, that's cool. So, cause so, did, <laughs> yeah, that, did you take the name or did somebody actually call you that? You know, I think it was, uh, my ex when I was coming up with the, the concept, cause originally I didn't, I, it wasn't even a blog. It was, uh, you could pay me 50 bucks. And as the points guy, I would tell you how to use your points. So I was working at Morgan Stanley and just wanted a little side business. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was like the points guy. That makes sense because it's all about the points. So, no, that's pretty cool. Uh, that that's not that's not that's a good way of being able to do it. So, and your popularity's grown, so it's pretty cool. So, let let me ask you a question. How does somebody get started? Just uh, you know, pulling together points. You know, it's it's really they're not frequent flyer programs really these days. They're frequent spender programs. So, you know, I, people always ask, well, I don't travel. Can I can I still get points? And I, I always respond, well, you know, if you spend money or eat or shop, then the answer is absolutely yes. So, I think getting a good credit card um, that aligns with what you want to redeem for, right? So, if you don't want to travel and you want cash back, there are you know are plenty of cards out there that can give you roughly 2% back on everything you spend. Mm -hmm. um, but then when it comes to miles and points, you want to get a card. You always have to think of two sides of the coin, earning points and then redeeming them. So you want a card that allows you to earn valuable points that you have a lot of different options when redeeming. Um, and uh, yeah, and have lots of options to transfer to different partners. Well, let me get into the, why would a business want to do this? You know, points are cash and whether you're a small business uh or a huge one, you know, having points to either use for travel or I know a lot of big companies will use points for employee incentives, gift cards. Um, so, you know, it's like if you want free cash to help your business, uh, then you should absolutely be collecting points. And, Excellent. you know, employees. Yeah, go, go, go ahead. No, finish out. No. And, and, and employees, you know, it's not like 
you know, employees still get the points for travel, and then the company should be maximizing, you know, purchasing airfare, office supplies. There's so many different bonus categories on credit cards, uh, and you get a couple of the right credit cards with these big bonuses, and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're swimming in points. Well, yeah, a good example just of using it as a business. You know, my own business, um, we use American Express for right now for all of our expenditures, and so every employee has an American Express card, and I rack up points underneath that. And where I buy, and I use those points to buy the office supplies and 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 you know a lot of stuff for me, which is not a bad deal. Absolutely, and yeah, yeah I mean charities, you know, travel is a huge expense. Yeah. Um, I'm even speaking at South by Southwest this year on a panel for musicians who are touring that should be maximizing, you know, their miles and points. You know, you can you can small musicians can can hit more tour dates and stretch their dollar further. So no matter who you are, uh, maximizing your points is a savvy business decision. Well, we're going to get more into the points and using them and doing those things and what they're for and so forth. But what about, get back to the business. Do you ever talk about why a business needs to offer points? You know, loyalty is huge. And I I think fundamentally people need to understand, you know, points are uh, arguably the most uh, effective marketing tool ever, right? You know, you can get points for pretty much anything these days. And it's because people, especially in the U.S., are obsessed with points. You know, people want value. People, uh, you know, want to rebate. You know, really, that's what points are. So if you want to attract new business and new customers, you know, offering points can be uh, a huge incentive to to drive business. And there's a reason why so many companies offer them. You know, they're not cheap to buy, but they can drive exponentially more business than just running a simple sale. So, and, and by the way, you just mentioned something like the U.S., they're big. Are, they, is, are we bigger in this than the rest of the world? Well, there's, you know, in the U.K. and Canada, there's definitely points. And, you know, there's points around the world. But the credit card bonuses, so, I mean, the credit card companies in the U.S. offer 50, 100,000. Amex is even offering 150,000 points uh, targeted to some com- consumers for their business platinum card. Uh, you don't see those type of offers elsewhere around the world, um, I think, for a lot of different reasons in the U.S., credit cards are especially lucrative. I think our laws are a little bit less stringent than in the U.K. and Canada. And, uh, you know, the, the credit card companies not only make money on you when you have interest, but also they charge, you know, the merchants processing fees. So, uh, so yeah, in, in the U.S., it's especially lucrative. But it is points are still a thing around the world. Yeah, I thought it was interesting what you also said about, and I didn't even think about this before, but it makes sense, that companies would use points and give them out to employees as incentives or rewards. That's also a pretty good deal for the business itself because you're not paying really taxes on that stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the key thing, you're totally right, you don't pay taxes on points because you technically don't own the points. The airline or the credit card company actually owns them, and they have a complete right to change the rules at any given time. So that's good that you generally don't get taxed on points. Now, with checking accounts, there are some uh, some companies that will send you a uh, a bill for the, the the value of the points. But in general, you know, points are this taxless currency. You know, I, I've read stats. No one knows how many points uh, unused points are out there, but I've I've heard some credible stats that it's you know like the GDP of Denmark, right? There's it's this <laughs> that's, unregulated that's, that's currency, and, yeah. and you can yeah you can use them for everything nowadays, including even just statement credits. You can buy whatever you want, and then you know wipe out charges on your on your credit card statement. Well, you know, I got to tell you, and it and it's it pretty big because I use them all the time. I use them on Amazon to purchase a lot of things that we have for the business, or at least the team does. I just know that they're set out there and we use them. But I and it's know, just, yeah, I mean that's a direct benefit to the bottom line, right? Oh, it's points yeah. are money, and you and you realize that. Yeah, well, and we do. I you know I do a lot of travel, and so do a lot of the people that work with us. 
and that's where we see most of it's generated through the travel. So you're getting points, and in some cases you're getting double points, right? I mean, you're getting points using the credit card that you bought the things on, but you're also getting mileage points, exactly. right? Yep, and you can you can double and triple dip. So there there are shopping portals out there uh, that you know the airlines have these. You know, AdvantageEShopping.com is American Airlines, right? You go to this site, you put your airline number in, and you shop, and it brings you to all these different websites, and you'll get you know anywhere from one to fifteen miles per dollar extra in addition to the miles that you get for using a credit card. Uh, so there's and, there's and tons why, of different ways to they, really. I I I know why they want to do that. I want to ask you what you think. Why are they doing that? Well, you know, online retailers pay to get new new customers, right? So it's it's the same thing as running a sale to entice customers. Uh, you know, Nordstrom will offer 10 miles uh, per dollar for a week uh, if you book through their Advantage Shopping. And, you know, they're just marketing companies. So Advantage eShopping has a million people on their customer list. They shoot out the email, hey, get 10 miles per dollar, you know, spend at Nordstrom. Nordstrom sees a huge uptick. Um, you know, they're just, they're huge uh Marketing tool. Well, again, the other thing, it reduces the company's liability for all those points that are sitting out there. You know, I've got like 1.4 million, I think, on United uh, points that are sitting out there that I just haven't used all my miles and points over the time period. And it, it takes down that liability. I guess that's going to be one, yeah. right? And two, yeah. they're keeping well, you happy yeah. because you're buying something with them. You're using them for something. Exactly. Well, I was actually referencing, so when you when you buy stuff, you can actually earn extra miles. But but what you're referencing is these, they're tons of new ways to redeem miles, right? It's not yeah. just for free flights. Yeah. You're totally right. You know, the, the airlines don't like having these huge, huge liabilities, you know, and a, and a lot of companies can't actually realize the profit from the miles they sell until they're redeemed. So they really want you to redeem and, uh, you know, for merchandise, you know, I, iPads, you, you know, you're getting generally less than one cent per point or per mile. Uh, so considering that they sell the, the miles and points to vendors for double that, uh, you know, the, the airlines are making billions and billions selling miles to credit card companies and uh, and these online shopping portals and pretty much any company that wants to buy points. How, how did points get started? You know, I think American Airlines was the first loyalty program in the 80s. And it was, you know, very simple, right? Fly with us over other airlines. And, you know, after X amount of flights, you get a free one. And so, the, you know, point really, it started with airline miles. And but, did, but didn't it start even sooner than that? Like, remember the S&H green stamps? Oh, yeah. I mean, or, shopping or Texaco, loyalty programs Texaco, and points. I mean, when I was a kid. We used to get yep. so much points, and I don't know if it was points, but I remember we pulled up to Texaco. I mean, we used to get dishes. I mean, my mom. We yeah, the, the green stamps program. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, there have been shopping uh, programs for for pretty much ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, in, in some shape, way, or form, for for a very long time. Uh, you know, businesses want to keep customers coming back, so to give them a little kickback is uh, the oldest trick in the book. Who 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 does the best job? Who does the what? Best job. Who's doing the best job of this with points? And- you know, the, the most valuable points out there, in my opinion, are Starwood Preferred Guest points. So it's a hotel chain, but they transfer to 34 different airlines at a really good, uh, mostly one-to-one ratio, and then you get a 25% bonus. So actually spending on the Starwood Amex, you actually, because they have this transfer bonus to 34 different airlines, instead of using an airline credit card where you're earning one uh, you know, airline currency, you use the Starwood card and you're getting a 25% bonus and you have an option to transfer to 34 different airlines. So I, th- I guess the key tip when choosing a credit card, you got to choose one that gives you tons of flexibility uh, to transfer to different airlines. I-, I always say, don't put all your miles and points in one basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, then Starwood gets bought by Marriott, right? 
So exactly, yes. right. and, and and myself included, there are a lot of people uneasy with this merger now. Nothing's going to happen overnight. I, I personally don't think anything will change with the programs in 2016. Yeah. Uh, they, they've still got a lot of hurdles There's to overcome. Of, with they the, got a bigger problems to deal with on the merger than they, than about points. But all the points are right. a and, part of it. Marriott's got a good and program, Marriott, they got a fairly Marriott's decent. got a decent program. The yeah. problem with Marriott's program, it's gigantic, right? It's so huge. Starwood, I'm a, I'm a Starwood Platinum, and Starwood, frankly, treats their Platinums like royalty. It is now, see, you know, I'm a Marriott industry. Black Card, so, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm also a Global on United, so I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm at those levels, and I like Marriott, and I went to Italy. Yeah, you, and you know what, Marriott wins tons of, yeah, yeah Marriott, Marriott, I mean, the Marriott program definitely gets high marks across the board, but there's just small differences with, uh, well, actually big differences, you know, for example, Starwood will upgrade to suites, whereas Marriott Platinum, they will from time to time, but it's not a, a you know, it's more of a uh, one-off. Whereas with the Starwood program, if the suite's available and you're a platinum, you'll get it. So yeah, but at the same time, uh, you go into Marriott or any ma- major hotel and you put twenty dollars or a hundred bucks across the counter, you're going to get upgraded. So the twenty-dollar trick, trick, yep. <laughs> but I guess well. cheap, cheap Starwood elites don't want to don't want to have to shell out. You know, they're used <laughs> to getting it for free, and I think a lot of people see that gravy train coming to an end because uh, I do think Marriott and Starwood will merge the programs. That's the whole point of mergers, right? To get those efficiencies and synergies so uh but nothing's going to happen in 2016 i don't think all right well speaking of points i want to talk about i'm going to make points with somebody that pays me money and that's duncan nothing exhausts a person quite like traveling and when i'm jetting across the country for business or pleasure i'm always picking up a duncan espresso but you can choose whatever duncan you like whether you're traveling or sleeping home uh keep fueled with one of duncan's 1500 15,000 options, actually, 15,000 options. America runs on Duncan, and all business with Jeffrey Hazlett runs on Duncan. And they've got a new point system, too, with their app. So I They do, and, and, and I, I love Duncan, too, actually. Oh, do you? Okay. I, uh, I, I signed up. I don't know the ins and outs, to be honest. I, I got a, I, I've been meaning to check into it, but, uh, yeah, Duncan now carries almond milk, so they've, they officially have a fan in, in PPG. Ah, well, my wife, <laughs> I didn't know that, but my wife will love that. She's a big almond yeah. uh, uh, milk freak. I like, I like coconut milk. I like coconut milk too. Yeah, yeah. I like to use it. either or. Yeah, better than soy. So we talked about who's doing a really good job. Who's doing a bad job? You know, of the major airlines, I think Delta has been devaluing their program the most. Um, Delta actually this year took away award charts in general. So Delta won't even tell you anymore. Save up X amount for a free flight. It's kind of uh, they've got this. Uh, you know, dynamic pricing, they call it, right? So you never know how many miles it's going to take. And generally, Delta's m- much, you know, many more miles than, than the competition. So, mm-hmm. but Delta, you know, their mileage program isn't as good, but Delta in-flight product, uh, you know, Wi-Fi in almost every single plane, generally clean and newer planes. So, you know, there's always trade-offs. Uh, yeah, but there's no cha- one that's, airline that's with... that's changing yeah. across the board. I mean, Wi-Fi has kind of become, um, I don't know, table stakes, right? Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised, though. I mean, even on United, uh, there are a ton of flights that don't have Wi-Fi. You know, certain airlines are better than others. And and just, you know, employee morale, United hasn't even fully merged their their workforce. You know, United still has continental uh, flight attendants that can only fly in certain flights. And, you know, the the employee morale is much lower versus uh, Delta in general, I think, gets uh, better marks for customer service. But frankly, all the U.S. airlines are kind of yeah. Uh, subpar, in my opinion, especially uh, you know when you fly the Middle East carriers and the Asian carriers, it's it's a whole different ball game. How, how much do you fly in a, a given year? You know, that's a good question. I think this year I'll be about two hundred fifty thousand miles. Oh, yeah, um, about the same. 
Yeah. So uh, I, I, I tried I doing. That, I know what that's like. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 And yeah, so when when I have time off, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to actually be traveling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but then I always get wanderlust, you know. So after a month, you know, I was in the U.S. for a month this summer, and I was chomping at the bit to leave. So yeah. I don't, there is I don't something think... about working on the plane, right? I mean, I, yeah. I I do a lot of work on the plane. I it's my quiet time. I'm I'm not interrupted. Actually, I kind of like when yep. I don't have Wi-Fi because then I really get stuff done. But when I have Wi-Fi, I do catch up. But um, yeah, you know, four or five well, hours nowadays. flight. You know, everyone says, you know, flying's not what it used to be, and I, I disagree, at least not in the front of the cabin. You know, going coast to coast now, even yeah. JetBlue has a fully life left business class. So if you can, you know, afford business for first or, you know, use miles to, to spend oh, great, for it, yeah. it's uh, it's it's pretty nice up in the sky. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> Except not bad. in coach when they're jamming in more and more seats. So I'm six foot seven, so wow. I always say I'm too tall for coach. So yeah, I, I got to fly business I'm, no matter I'm, what. I'm, I'm six three. I, I, well, I won't fly unless I'm at least flying an aisle. Seat. I'll sit yep. in the back every occasionally, but it's rare because of the miles I put in. I automatically get upgraded, yep. and and yep. uh, for the most part, and when I and if I don't, if I don't or not going to, I do upgrade. And the other thing is, you meet a lot more interesting people up front too. And, and oh, definitely. I'm not trying to be snobbish about that, but I do a lot of business in C2B. I mean, I I tell people I've met and done many deals in that first class, which is important. Have you ever flown next to any any good celebs? Oh, many times, many oh many yeah. times, yeah. Um, probably, uh, let's see, Dolly Parton was one of the funnest. But uh, oh, I just met her this summer. She's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, she's fun. She just she she wouldn't shut up. I mean, the whole flight. <laughs> and uh, but you know, Colin Powell and there's so many others that I, uh, you know, the entire cast of The View, Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Jr. Whatever, um, his son. Uh, you know, numerous numerous people. Knights. I, I can go so on you've done on. a lot of you think some you think some good deals in first class. Absolutely, without question. Yeah. So what I you, like that seat to be. Yeah, two B. I think. Well, I want to write a column <laughs> called Two B. You know, I think that's the. Uh, I've been telling United you should let me write a column because it's called, and I would call it, you know, Two B, because I just think there's there's something about that. Hey, let me ask you, what do you use most of your points for, personally? You know, I'm a big uh, international first class uh, uh, aficionado. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, I, I love to redeem Emirates first class uh, oh, no, using yeah, a, uh, Alaska Airline miles. It's only $48 in taxes and fees and uh, 90,000 miles to go, uh, you know, on a 14-hour flight to the Middle East or, you know, yeah. beyond. Uh, so, yeah, have for the most flown, part, you know. Have you flown on that flight that has the uh, shower in it? I have. So, actually, last week I flew on Etihad has this new, it's called the Residence, yeah. and it's oh, you get your right. own bedroom in the sky. I did see that. I did. How yeah, big so is I – uh, it's you know it's it's pretty small still but it's amazing I mean it's it's a full double bed they give you six plush pillows uh, I actually brought a camera guy with me and we did a bunch of video shots for the site it, it wasn't cheap it was thirty two thousand dollars one way from New York to Abu Dhabi but uh, well, it that, was but, you get your own uh, yeah but I'd say that's fairly cheap given the fact I know if I were to take my own private plane from, oh yeah from L A to New York it's twenty five thousand dollars. Right, you know, and, and yeah, and especially from New York to Abu Dhabi, I mean, a private jet would be you know 150 grand, and and probably not nearly as comfortable as your own double bed. And Butler trained at the Savoy, and chef on board, so it was a pretty incredible experience. You had a chef on board? What, oh yeah, what, Enrico from Italy. He Enrico. and we actually we wanted to put him. To, <laughs> was that really we wanted his to put name? him to the Come test. On. Was that really it, his it, name? It was, and we actually made them make a a gourmet for uh, Thanksgiving dinner at 40,000 feet, and they nailed it out of the park. It, we did wine tasting in the lounge. I mean, it was 
it was uh we got all thirty two thousand dollars worth <laughs> listen to all of you, everyone that's listening right now do you hear all these keywords in the lounge and so forth and so on? it's awesome that's that's freaking cool man i i've not done that and you know i think about that plane i just think i you know i always think about business because this is all business and i think about the you know plane that's carrying enough water for a shower how heavy that is i mean that's the heaviest stuff you can carry is water or fuel and totally, yeah, and and there's I think 14 passengers in first class on Emirates, and uh, everyone gets to take at least one five minute shower, uh, and uh, it's pretty cold to shower at 40,000 feet. Although I did have turbulence once, and that was uh, a little bit. I, I kind of had to rush out and throw a robe on and run to the seat. Yeah. <laughs> but so what's what no plane do you like the, the most? I'm just I mean now we're into travel, so what the heck? Let's let's go this way. You know, I, I've been a, a 747 fan my whole life, right? The upper deck, yeah, it's, it's the queen deck. of the skies. Yep. But I have to say, you know, the, I've been, I flew on the Qatar Airways 787 uh, last month. Dreamliner. And the 787s, yeah, the Dreamliner, it is a smooth ride. It's quiet. Um, the air's better. Yeah, the and, air's better, the lighting. They have, like, misters to kind of moisturize. You know, you compare that to flying on a, a huge 777 that, you know, the engines are as loud as can be, and the cabin gets really hot or really cold. So I really do like the 787. I'm I'm trying out the new Airbus A350 next uh, next month. I'm flying on Vietnam Airlines. Yeah, those guys have uh, invited so. me to participate. For the, um, so it's interesting to I'm, I'm, I might take a look at that. I've been in, I was on the very first Dreamliner flight for for United. And then oh, I, nice. Yeah, so they invited me to, for the inaugural flight, which was really nice. Um, because of my miles and the fact that I fly, and of course that I'm in media, so it's it's not a bad deal. But I've taken it many other, and then they asked me to do it from uh, the Denver route to Tokyo, which I took, and then stepped off the plane in Tokyo and turned around and flew right back within 15 minutes. Um, uh, so was that a mileage run or just? Uh... No, it wasn't a mileage run. It was actually they they wanted me to mingle with the people on the plane. And, um, oh, cool. yeah, just kind of a, you know, kind of a media guy. So, and so were you, were, were, did you get a lot of rest or were you totally wiped out? No, it, the, that's one of the things I like about the 787, the 787, you, you actually feel refreshed. You don't feel tired and lagged like you do on the 747 yeah. and people don't you understand that, but you know, the air's drier. Uh, they're not pumping much as much fresh air. And then when they're doing it with the misters on the 787, you, you actually feel, you don't feel so bad, you know, yeah. not bad. Because you usually get pretty dry and everything else. So, yeah. Hey, uh, I, I got to take another break. Don't forget your taxes um, in order before you travel. And if you need help, uh, make sure you check out the good folks from Liberty Tax. Liberty is the fastest growing retail tax preparation firm with over 4,000 offices across America. It's a great seasonal franchise opportunity, too. So, if you're looking to get into business or add another service to your business or just need some great tax help, uh, look to Liberty. Do you, have you, by the way, have you ever gotten audited yet because of all these points you got? Have I ever gotten what? Audited. Is it, audited. Get... No, you know, points aren't, uh, points aren't assets. So by the government, no. Uh, but the airlines will sometimes audit you for, for weird behavior. And I, I do book lots and lots of uh, tickets for people and family and friends, but no audits to date. So knock why, on wood. why would they be checking you? That's guys. I'm curious about. You know, fraud. You know, frequent flyer yeah. fraud is a, is actually a really big thing. You know, there's it's there's a whole black market of people who sell their airline miles to brokers, who then in turn, you know, redeem those miles for first class tickets and then charge 50 percent of what the actual cost is. You know, that costs the airlines money, and uh, you know, you're not supposed to be able to to barter or sell miles. So. Um, you know, if the airlines, they have pretty good technology these days to kind of see weird behavior and, uh, they'll totally shut you down and take all your miles and you have pretty much no recourse whatsoever. It's, I had two guys who actually 
grabbed my miles somehow, got into my account at United, flew to uh, Mexico for the weekend, I could tell with the ticket. And while they were down there is when I caught it because it, it, it pinged me about something on my account. And I went, I didn't buy any tickets to uh, Puerto Vallada or wherever it was. And, and, and so I called United and they got the security guys and they grabbed them on the way back. Oh, wow. Did they actually press charges? Or? I, I don't know. They didn't tell me after that. They just put my points back in and then let me know and thank me. That was it. That's all I heard. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I always recommend to people your frequent flyer number. You know, your frequent flyer account has a lot of information. So I always see people Instagramming or loading to social media, their boarding pass, like I'm going to Mexico. But you really should never, ever, ever take a picture of your boarding pass because there's a lot of information that people can use. You know, if they have your first and last name and frequent flyer number, it's really not that hard to uh, to steal people's miles and get in the account. So well, that's how, highly that's, recommend. That's how they think they got it. I did a commercial for Toomey, and it showed my black card. And, uh, oh, and someone didn't catch that in post-production, and they should have, and now hmm. we've got that fixed. But I did a little uh, commercial for them, and... And uh, that's how they think that we got it. So it was kind of interesting. So what are your hmm. what are your favorite places to travel with points? You know, I uh, I'm a big fan of South Africa. I was just there, I think, for the third time in the last two years. Uh, last you month, you know, Where did you go? I Cape so, Town or? I did Cape Town, uh, and you know, the the Cape Winelands are oh, awesome. some of the most. Yeah. Few, I mean, that, that the scenery, and and once you get to to South Africa, it's really cheap. Uh, you know, the flights there aren't are really expensive, you know, because everyone wants to be in business class. But that's, you know, why, why I like using miles. Yeah. Uh, uh, I love, I actually went to Rwanda and trekked with the gorillas last time I was there. That was absolutely one of the most amazing experiences being five feet away from this monstrous gorilla. Wow. And, uh, you know, they share 97% of human DNA. So they're like, it, it's a really humbling experience, you know, to be up in the in the mountains in Rwanda. And, so and that country's a big yeah. gorilla, but I'm no offense, but you're six seven. I mean, a guy. At the... I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid they'd like think I was one of them, and you know, start getting frisky. But luckily, I, I avoided that. But uh, uh, that's got to be cool. I, and, and South Africa is a great place. And not only you, you talk about the winery, but uh, the wines, but uh, the 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 food is exotic. I mean, you're eating kudu. Food is amazing. I love the game. Yeah. yeah. The Springbok, Springbok, Springbok is meat the is delicious yep, with a nice glass of pinotage, and uh, I'm a happy man. Yeah, I, I, t- I typically like a little Pinot Noir when I'm having it, but I but I I have eaten a lot of that uh, a lot of that meat because I'm a big connoisseur of meat, so that, which is kind of fun. Hey, I want to get into some rapid fire, man. This is like um, since I ask you your favorite travel destination, I want to go into some other key questions. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so there, there's some of these got some right answers, and some of them are, are just open ended. <laughs> so, and and people get. I've only had one person answer them all right. So, um, what's what's your favorite airport? My favorite airport is Hong. Actually, Singapore. Singapore. Yeah, Singapore is pretty good. That is a good. Uh, why the do you butterfly like garden? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. You, I, because of that stuff, or I mean, I like them because of the amenities. The, I like amenities. Yeah. The, yeah, the lounges, just, you know, the Asians just know how to design airports. Uh, you know, I don't know who the heck designed them in the U.S., but, uh, you know, they just make sense. They're, you know, the, the layout of the gates isn't, you know, people aren't crowded into the main, you know, thoroughfares. The lounges are nice. They've got public art, butterfly gardens. It's just, you know, great shopping, good food. So, yeah, I, and I like that. Movie like, theater. Like in, in Frankfurt, for instance, the Lufthansa, they've got, uh, They've not only got the showers, but they've also got massage therapists in a spa. And yep. so, you know, you know even an overnight flight, like when I'm coming back from like, um, well, South Africa or when I'm going over to India, I stop in Frankfurt 
And um, yep. I get there in the morning, and so I get a massage, I take a shower, refresh, change clothes, and then get back on the plane for another eight, eight, twelve hours. Yeah, good lounges. Uh, yeah, sadly, most of the U.S. lounges and, and American airlines are pretty bad lounges. But yeah, the Lufthansa, British, and some of the airports in the U.S. kind of, you know, like LaGuardia. I mean, to some extent. I just, oh man, that's it, not, it's like not really an airport. It's it's a glorified like you know bus station basically. Yeah, it's a third, almost like third world country airport, really. I mean, it's, it's surprising. Okay, i got to get back to rapid fire. You're, you're taking me way off target here because I, I like talking to you. I, I, I read somewhere that you like sharks. I mean, you're an avid scuba diver. What's the largest type of shark? So in South Africa and in, in Gansby, I, I did the uh, cage diving with the great whites. You know, so two feet in front of your face, these monstrous great whites swim by. Uh, and they were absolutely fascinating. Uh, I definitely wouldn't want to see one when scuba diving, but... Uh, but that was the biggest shark I've been in the water with. Yeah, but what is the biggest shark? What's the largest? Oh, the type biggest! Of shark? Oh, oh, sorry, I thought you meant that. I you were going to blow it here for. I'm going to give it to you. So, I'm gonna... uh, uh, whale shark. Yeah, huge man, huge. Aren't they? <laughs> They're massive. Um, yeah, I've never, I've never swam with them, but I think they have them at the Atlanta Aquarium. I want to. Yeah, you, got, you have to be able to see it at uh, at one of the aquariums. But but also, if, I I remember watching the movie uh, Contiki. And um, they had an experience. I read the book, and then I watched a documentary, and then and recently the movie, and they had a, a big, um, you know, a whale shark made an appearance in there, which is really kind of nice. How long can a shark go without eating? I'm going to guess uh, a month. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Ding. Let's get that's a that's correct. Is it really? Yeah. Good job. Good job. All those shark documentaries are paying off. Yeah, there you I, go. I, I never watch movies on planes. I always watch like you know nature or like shark documentaries if I'm going to watch something. Oh, so. that's good. You must watch Shark Shark Week and Sharknado. I was. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. What's the most visited tourist attraction in the world? Oh, I know this. Um, See, people get competitive on this thing. Don't you? It's I, like I think, you, you don't want to lose. You want to get it right, you know? Is it the Dubai Mall? Oh, it's very close. But, uh, no, according to Time Magazine 2014, the most traveled uh, destination was the Grand Bazaar in Istanbul. Oh, That's really? 91 million annual visitors. Wow, because I know the Dubai Mall has more the same amount of visitors as New York City. Something crazy. Yeah. But, um. I've got a tip if you ever go. Um, so on the top of the Grand Bazaar, there's a secret door, and there's a, there's a certain tour guides that know the man with the key. And uh, when I went there, uh, Erk, E-R-K was his name, mm-hmm. he took me up. Uh, I think locallyistanbul.com was the, the website, and you know, it was like a you know, $50 tour. And he took us on the, on the top of the Grand Bazaar, and it was absolutely spectacular. It's the ultimate selfie spot, so See, highly that, recommend. Yeah, isn't that cool to have those kind of spots like that? Or like, you know, you go up to no, uh, Notre Dame and go up into the bell tower mm-hmm. or, um, you know, walk along the rampart of a certain bridge that no one allows you on. Or, yep. Yeah, that, those, those are kind of cool. Are you one of those kind of guys that kind of talks people into letting you do those things? Absolutely, yeah. I, uh, you know, mediocre travel experiences are uh, – it's like, what's the point? So, yeah, I, I generally don't like asking for stuff from people or, or pushing, you know, in the U.S., but when I'm traveling, I always like to network. And, you know, you know, you meet one person that can totally change the course of your trip or, you know, business deal. So I, I always recommend uh, networking with locals always leads to something fun. Yeah, usually you find them in a pub or or just yep. even sitting down with dinner. Maybe our funnest times is when we're, Maybe we're taxi there. drivers. Yeah, yeah. I like it. in Ireland. Yeah. I, that all Everyone's time. friendly. Yeah. All right. Finish this phrase. It's a well-known Italian city. 
All roads lead to Rome. Yeah, that was that was an easy one. I gave it away. I shouldn't have said Italian city. I should have just. <laughs> Gosh, I'm getting too soft. In the movie National Lampoon's Vanca- uh, Vacation, where was the Griswold family traveling to? Was it the uh, Was it the Grand Canyon? No, they went there, oh, but they, their ultimate destination was Wally World, man. Wally World. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> you should have got that one. Uh, that um, was yeah. That was... Everybody's got to go to Wally World, right? <laughs> hey, what was the worst? Have you ever been in a bad situation? I know we're talking about points, and, and we're getting into travel, and I, I think it's good for us to be able to talk about all this stuff because, you know, business people are traveling all the time. So if, has there ever been a bad place that you're at? Um, well, I think the, there was one time where I, I firmly felt like I was going to die on a plane. It was flying into LaGuardia January 30th, and an Air Canada regional jet. It was kind of during a blizzard, and the entire jet from takeoff in Toronto was uh, – the bathroom that it was so bumpy, the bathroom was just slamming the uh, the toilet seat, slamming nonstop. And I was seated next to an off-duty pilot who looked at me and goes, "This pilot has no idea what he's doing. It's like we're flying with the brakes on." <laughs> we had two aborted landings; you, you couldn't see the ground, oh. and it—I mean, grown men crying. It was hell. Uh, so that definitely put, you know, whenever people have a little bit of turbulence on a plane and get nervous, I'm like, this is nothing. <laughs> so I guess, you know, in, in the end, it, it, it puts everything in perspective. But I, I actually just said I was like starting to say my final goodbyes. I, I firmly thought yeah. it was going to go down. That's but That's in general, uh, those are few and far between. How about on ground? Anywhere on ground that you had a problem? Like um, South Africa? No problems in South Africa? Or? No problems whatsoever. You know, knock on wood, I've never actually been mugged or yeah. even had anything stolen for the most part. I'm sure that they're never yeah. really been hurt. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure I'm like jinxing myself now. Well, yeah, well <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if you travel, not, there's a lot that goes on. I mean, the worst place I ever had was Mumbai once in a cab. And the guy was, you know, being abusive. And, you know, and, and I'm a big guy. You're a big guy. And so mm-hmm. I don't think we get it as much. But he was being, you know, they were getting to be real pushy about where they were going to take me and how they were going to do it. And I, you know, and that was one of those times where I told my staff, I said, you got to remember, you know, in India, you can get a limo for, right, you, know, for, for you know, we're talking about 10 bucks as opposed to, you know, the cab, which I only paid a few dollars for. It wasn't yeah. that much, you know. So I reminded him about that. I, yeah, speaking of turbulence, I got to give you one funny story for everybody that's listening. And a, my business partner, my CEO, now works with me, and my partner, uh, Carl Post, used to work at Sir Speedy. And years ago, I was a consultant with Rico, and I brought him over to Tokyo. I needed a, I needed him to come over. Uh, he represented Sir Speedy pr- Printing and PIP and all the franchise printing they had. And I needed him to come to Rico so that they could show him these advanced products and he could give, their in, give his input on it. And he said, Jeff, I can only come up for the day. I said, well, great, you come in for the day. And we'll take you to dinner, and then we'll put you on the late flight out, and you'll get you back within 24 hours, basically, you know, within 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 the cycle, and you can make it. Would you do that for me as a favor? And he goes, yes. So he flew to Tokyo, which, you know, is from L.A. Uh, to Tokyo. is about a 10-hour flight. And uh, so he lands. We pick him up. We take him around. He's awake the whole time, doing everything, go to dinner. And we then we, we take him to Narita, put him on a plane, and he immediately, as they take off, falls asleep. Halfway through, almost halfway through, the engine goes out. And because they're not quite over the halfway mark, they got to turn around and go back to Narita. Oh, no. So he's asleep. They <laughs> land in the Narita, and everybody starts cheering, okay? And he wakes up, and he turns to him and says, what are everybody cheering about? He says, what are you talking about? He goes, I was asleep. And the woman next to him said, oh, my God, I thought you were praying. 
you know, because he was leaned <laughs> over. And, and so literally he flew all the way there, halfway, halfway back, and then had to get on a plane and fly all the way back in the same amount. It was a he was so mad. He should have gotten an award or something. Exactly. Well, he should have got like triple points or quadruple points, right? right? Yeah, if only. Hey, I want to give you a chance. Oh, I well, actually I had some fan questions. I, I want to make sure I work these in because I always go out to the fans. And so Camilla Webster is a great gal. I know Camilla. She's a good friend of mine. And this, she says, from the C-suite. Uh, she actually hosts uh, one of our shows from time to time. As a part, as a, private jet carriers are trying to engage flyers offering less expensive last-minute legs, what are the best opportunities to fly private with points? So I actually am a member of Jet Smarter, uh, which I think when I signed up was like eight thousand for the year, and then you get free unlimited, uh, you know, last-minute one-way legs. I, I really like it. They're actually now doing shuttles between uh, New York, Miami, Dallas, Houston, LA, San Fran. So uh, JetSmarter is a, a pretty good one. And then in terms of just, you can actually use, uh, you know, points to pay for private jets. So I, being based in New York, I take the helicopter to the Hamptons and uh, uh, you can, you know, I use my Capital One Venture card. So you get two two miles per dollar spent on everything. And then, you know, you use them for a cent towards, uh, you know, helicopters or private jets. So those are the two that, that I use and uh, I think offer pretty good value. All right, let me ask this. Mary uh, Rezik Ackerman asked this question. I'd like to know the best way to find an affordable business class flight for a family of four to Australia from the U.S. round trip. Is it better to use points for the flight or or use points for an upgrade? That's a good question. So, up, yeah, upgrading these days is actually pretty expensive. So depending on the airline, you know, American actually just announced new service uh, to Sydney. They'll let you upgrade from any fare class, but you're looking at, you know, I think 500 or 750 per person plus the miles plus there has to be availability so finding four business class awards is nearly impossible uh i would give the recommendation there's a, a site called expertflyer.com that actually allows you to set alerts so you can set an alert for Qantas business or first class and the second that Qantas releases it you get an email so instead of calling the airline every single day to see if anything opened up they, uh, you get that instant alert, so you can kind of snatch it before anyone else. And so who does the you alert? Be, Where do you get the alert from? It, it's called expertflyer.com, so that they actually will let you set an alert for free, but I, I pay 10 bucks a month, and as a flyer, I've used it for years. It'll actually help you. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different functionalities of, of the site, um, even seat alerts, right? So if you want an exit row seat and none are available, you can set an alert. So on that flight, if you know someone gets upgraded who was in the exit row and that seat becomes available, they'll instantly alert you so you can snatch it for anyone else so it's definitely one of those sites that can kind of give you the leg up above everyone else but um, depending on the miles uh, Australia is doable but you really got to be savvy and you got to I would recommend uh, you know having flexible points so you can transfer to Delta and redeem on Delta or you know their partner Virgin Australia uh, American she she asked another question along the same lines but she said we collect American Airlines Delta United points have an AA executive card the red card uh, from a, a, a uh, aviator, and then Delta Gold MX. But so she asked the, the, the add-on question. How about going on Fiji Airways, which seems to have the business class from LAX to Sydney, but for about half the price of the other carriers? She asked about Fiji. Yeah. So so with Fiji Airways, um, actually, and, and a lot of times Hawaiian will route through Honolulu. It's half the price of going nonstop. Now, with Hawaiian, they're changing their seats over the next couple of years, but uh, the product is much, much worse. Uh, you know, business class, I actually thought my seat was broken because it only reclined two inches. I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah, and wrong? the flight attendant's like, yeah, sorry, this is just, you know, our old style, you know, recliner seat. 
Um, so always double check because, you know, it may be cheaper, but you're, if, I personally can't really sleep, you know, sitting up. Right. Uh, Fiji Airways, I think they're redoing their planes, but it, it's still not going to be as, as nice of a product. But, you know, if you've got the time and want to see, you know, uh, Fiji and stop for a couple of days on the way, that's not a bad way to do it. Well, and it's probably the only chance you'll get a chance to do it for a lot of people. Yeah. So- not some airlines will even let you. Yeah, some airlines, United may even let you. You know, will let you route through Asia. So if you yeah. want to break it up that way, it's uh, not yeah, so bad. Well, do, you, do people do around the world tickets like they used to? You know, frequent flyer mile around the world tickets have gotten harder and harder. Most mm-hmm. of the airlines have pretty much done away with them. Uh, some airlines will let you kind of stretch routing. So if you have Amex points, you can transfer to Aeroplan, and they'll let you, uh, you know, fly to Asia via Europe and then home via the Pacific, so kind of around the world. Uh, but airlines do sell uh, around the world tickets as well. And a yeah, lot of times it's cheaper them, to though. it's cheaper. Yeah, it's, it's cheaper, cheaper to buy them. It's cheaper to buy them also sometimes outside of the US. Oh, um, big time. From like a South African travel agent or or Australia. Uh, Australian. I, yeah, exactly. I, well I don't know if Especially that's true with, anymore, but I've done that a couple of times. I used to have a business down in Australia I owned and sometimes the tickets were as much as half price what they were yeah, here. I mean, especially with the strong U.S. dollar, I mean, it's the cheapest uh, in in recent history to visit. You know, Australia, New Zealand, and uh, even actually Norwegian Airlines is is really expanding their service to the U.S. When you purchase tickets in Norwegian kroner on the Norwegian portion of their site, uh, I'm actually flying to London in their premium class. It's a thousand bucks, which is cheap to begin with, and and when you purchase in the Norwegian kroner, it's only seven hundred and ten dollars. So you save several hundred dollars by just maximizing that currency Did differential. Did you stop in Oslo? No, no. Uh, Norwegian's now flying nonstop on 787s from uh, New York to London, uh, Gatwick. And that's so. a first-class ticket? So it's, you know, they, they call it their premium class, right. which is basically like domestic first class. So it's super cheap, um, but, you know, it reclines. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm taking yeah, it on the day yeah, flight back. Yeah, well, day and it's like going screen, to London, it's six yeah. hours, yeah, you know. Yeah, five, so. six, it's like flying to San Francisco. So same yeah. kind of thing. Hey, I want to give you a chance for a shameless plug. You've been so great to come on. And, I've, man, I've, I don't know. I've been taking notes. I'm sure everybody else that's listening is taking notes. I've got two really good tips here I'm going to go check out right after this is over with. No, I mean, I guess I'll just plug the thepointsguy.com and on all social media channels, the points guy we share. I've got a whole, it's not even just me anymore. I've got a, a staff of uh, 10 really smart writers. We scour the web for deals, kind of dig into all the loyalty programs. I just will warn you, once you once you get addicted to points and, and, and getting all these amazing deals, there's no turning back. And uh, you may want to carve out several hours on a Saturday with a big cup of coffee to sit down and uh, really dig in if you've never been to the site before. Well, I'm going to do it. That's for, that's a fact. I hadn't done it the, as much as I should have, and now you've convinced me to do it because I'm, I'm missing out, and I hate to miss out on stuff. Points are money. you got to be a good businessman. There you go. <laughs> no, I try leave my no best. points behind. That's right. I try my best. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and uh, safe travel. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Fortinet. Hey, after the end of every single show, I always like to talk about what did I learn, and Brian Kelly was a lot of fun, and I learned a lot. And the biggest thing I learned is I'm not doing this enough, and you probably aren't either. I'm a pretty smart business guy, and I like to be able to take advantage of lots of things, and it means I'm losing out. And that's what I learned out today. I'm losing, I'm losing out. And you don't want to be a loser. I hate losing. I like to win. So one of the things we should be doing is spend a little bit more time. So uh, take the time to figure out how you can maximize the spend that you have in your business. That was one of the biggest things I learned. And second, this is a real currency. This is a great way to keep 
good connection with your customer, to get deep in the relationship. It's always been about relationships. It's never going to change. And that's what I learned here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on Play.it. Don't forget, tell your friends and ask them to subscribe. I appreciate it. Tune in, and we'll talk to you again soon. of what's happening in the business world. Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.